Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so before we get started... (laughs) (laughs) That's my Uh, line. (laughs) I know, that's why I thought I would say it. Um, but in all seriousness, this is our one-year anniversary, or one-year episode, which is very exciting to us. I feel like we've been doing this forever, but also only a couple months, which is just how time goes. But, sadly, for you guys, we are going to be taking a break after this episode. So, it's we're going to break through the holidays, and then we're going to come back together at the beginning of the new year with fresh minds... And lots of new episodes. Season two. But we're not going to make you wait like Stranger Things where they wait three years in between seasons. It's just two months. Only the holidays. Because the holidays are really busy. Yeah. And we just need a break. And we consider you family, but spend time with other family. Yeah. Spend time (laughs) with your family. And just be joyful. That's our hope for you. Yeah. More joy, less murder. (laughs) (laughs) No murder for Thanksgiving, okay? And we will be doing a giveaway to mark our one-year anniversary. So if you want to have a chance to win that, we're going to put the details at the end of this episode. And we're so excited. So. And thank you guys so much for listening. Yes, we love you. We love you so much. (laughs) So today's case mentions child death, so listener discretion is advised. This was a request from my Aunt Ramona, so thank you for requesting this one. And I'm curious, Heather, because I feel like you've heard of this but as we've said many times i thought (laughs) we just never know (laughs) but i am like curious if you have heard of it so uh we're gonna jump right in at any point if you're like oh yeah i know what this is please let me know okay so we're gonna start on wednesday september 29th of 1982 i just can't know about it it's before i was born i i didn't as we know i didn't go to public school I didn't learn a lot at my school, but I feel like this would be something that would be. So we're going to start on Wednesday, September 29th of 1982 in the Chicago, Illinois area. That morning around 6.30 a.m., 12-year-old Mary Kellerman woke up not feeling very good. So since it was a school day, they decided to keep her home and gave her some Tylenol to hopefully get her feeling better and also help with a sore throat that she had. Soon after this, Mary went to the bathroom and her dad heard something fall. He obviously went to check on Mary after he heard this, and when he called from outside of the door to see if she was okay, he got no response. He called again asking if she was okay, but when he still heard nothing, he went into the bathroom. This is where he found Mary unconscious on the floor. When paramedics arrived, they tried everything to revive her, but unfortunately, Mary was pronounced dead shortly before 10 a.m., Though they didn't assume foul play initially because her death wasn't too suspicious, which doesn't make sense because I feel like any child dropping dead is, like, suspicious. It's a little weird, yeah. Yeah. They they thankfully ordered an autopsy because of her age and then she suddenly died. So I don't even know why they put that. Well, we didn't assume foul play. It wasn't too suspicious. I feel like any time a 
perfectly healthy child dies, it should be suspicious. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, tragedies do occur, but yeah, I mean, you you would think that a healthy child should continue to be a healthy child, so that is pretty odd that she just didn't feel good and then died. Right. So they did an investigation and police interviewed the father, but his story checked out and nothing seemed out of place, aside from her not feeling well and taking some pain reliever, which is a common practice. Yeah. Around noon, while they continued their investigation into Mary's death, 27-year-old Adam Janus, who took the day off from his job at the post office because he said he thought he was coming down with a cold, he picked up his kids from preschool and stopped at the local convenience store for some Tylenol to take when he got home. After lunch, he took some and went to lay down. Shortly after this, he stumbled into the kitchen and collapsed onto the floor. They were unable to resuscitate him, and he passed away. They ruled it as probable cardiac arrest. As Adam's wife, parents, and friends left the hospital in shock, they headed back to Adam's home. While this was happening, 27-year-old Mary Lynn Rayner was not feeling well which was as expected as she was the mother of four and had given birth only a week prior. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm upset. I know. I'm sorry. I know. We just already have a trend. They're taking Tylenol and they're dying. Yeah. Oh, no. Her poor little baby. She, She took Tylenol and soon after collapsed. Her husband, who came home shortly after, called an ambulance, but they were unable to resuscitate her and she passed away. Back to Adam that had passed away earlier, his family were all at his house mourning and beginning to plan a funeral for him. I can't imagine losing someone so suddenly and having to make your arrangements that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Adam's little brother Stanley was there with his newlywed wife, Teresa. Stanley suffered with chronic back pain. Oh, no! I know. While he was there planning, he had a flare-up and he asked Teresa for some Tylenol. He took two, and she took two as well, but I'm not sure why she did. I can only imagine that she maybe had a stress headache or, like, when I cry, I get headaches. Totally. So, I assume, we don't really know, but I assume that's why she took Tylenol. Yeah. So, but yeah, they both took Tylenol, and as soon as Stanley collapsed, she collapsed after him. When the paramedics arrived on the scene, they all began to work and try and resuscitate the couple. The doctor who also worked on Adam earlier was getting ready to end their shift. I say there because their name's Dr. Kim, and I don't know if it's a girl doctor or a boy doctor, because Kim can be a first name and a last name. Yeah. So I'm saying there because, I don't know, to end their shift at the hospital when they were notified that the Janus family was on their way back via ambulance. Dr. Kim assumed it may have been one of Adam's family members suffering from a broken heart. Right. Or like his parents, because they were older. Right. Um, because we do know a broken heart is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're in extreme stress, like so many things can happen to your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I follow a girl on TikTok who had two terminally ill children and she literally got sent to the hospital with broken heart syndrome after they passed away. That's crazy. It's, yeah, it was really sad. Thankfully she's okay. But, um, the nurse said that it was in fact Adam's brother This was the healthy six-foot-tall man that they had spoken to earlier that day, along with his wife, and that they were both receiving CPR. Dr. Kim decided not to end their shift and try and figure out what was going on. 
They knew something had to have been going on, and they called in someone from the public health department to look into this. This happened to be Nurse Jensen. That's my dog's name. We like Nurse Jensen. (laughs) She was eating dinner when she got the phone call from the fire chief and dropped everything to get to the hospital. When she got there, she saw Adam's wife, whose name is also Teresa. It's a little confusing, but... Mm -hmm. That is a little confusing. Yeah. But Nurse Jensen started asking Teresa all these questions to try and get some answers as to what was happening. At this point, Stanley unfortunately had passed away, and Teresa was in critical condition and not expected to make it. While all of this was happening, 31-year-old Mary McFarland was carrying out her shift at an Illinois Bell store when around 6.30, she told a co-worker that she had a massive headache and went to the back room to take some Tylenol. Within minutes, she was found on the floor and soon after passed. Somehow it was All this happened like in a day? Yeah. That is so crazy that they all bought Tylenol that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, somehow with her, it was suspected, we have two Marys, somehow this Mary, it was suspected that she had been poisoned or possibly had eaten something poisonous on accident. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they came to that conclusion, but personally, I am hypochondriac. And anytime I get a headache, I'm like, okay, this is a brain aneurysm. If I die, it's probably a brain aneurysm. But that night around 8 p.m., Police officers, along with Nurse Jensen, arrived at Adam Janice's home to investigate probable cause. Nothing stood out to them. There was a shelf full of over-the-counter medicine and some prescription medicine, but that was about it. They did check out the basement, which had a metalworking area, to see if they could have possibly came into contact with a certain metal polish that contains cyanide. Yeah. uh, But they didn't find any. Upstairs, Nurse Jensen was inspecting the meds and noticed six pills missing from the Tylenol bottle. And at the recommended dose of two capsules, it kind of added up that three people were dead from this one place and that six pills were missing. So she thought that it could be connected and took the Tylenol back with her to the hospital. She's a smart lady. Mm -hmm. We like her. That same night, around 9.30, 35-year-old flight attendant Paula Prince landed at the O'Hare International Airport in Chicago after flying from Las Vegas. She went and stopped at the local local Walgreens and picked up some Tylenol and then went home. As this was taking place, Nurse Jensen was talking with police and gave them the bottle of Tylenol, saying it was the culprit. But no one believed her because Tylenol hadn't been known to drop children and adults dead within minutes. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, which... I mean, she must have sat there and counted each pill. So she's... I know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, good, I guess. Right. But I think that they... I mean, with with all the other ones, it was like, okay, like, they're dead. Nobody's going to look at the Tylenol. I think the only reason that they caught it was because three people dead within a day in one home. Right. Like... Trying to figure out what's going on, yeah. Yeah, like maybe CO2 poisoning. Carbon monoxide? Carbon monoxide poisoning. So luckily, for some unknown reason, the paramedics took and inventoried the Tylenol bottle from the first death of 12-year-old Mary, so they asked police to bring it to the hospital. At this time, Dr. Kim was racking their brain trying to connect all of these cases, thinking it could be cyanide poisoning, but where would these people have been exposed at? Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Kim hadn't and couldn't do blood testing to see if cyanide was present, so they sent off samples to a lab that could. 
When the investigator received both bottles of Tylenol, he noticed that they had the same control number, MC2880. The medical examiner on the phone asked him to open the bottle and smell them, which I wouldn't have. If somebody was like, this could be poisoned. Yeah. I'm closing the bottle. I'm not sniffing it. Sniff it. Why don't you taste one for me? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) But he said nothing looked out of the ordinary, but they both smelled like almonds. Oh. Which is apparently what cyanide smells like, which I didn't know, but I did put almonds in my Walmart cart after that so that I could familiarize myself with the smell, just in case. With the smell of almonds. If somebody's like, what does almonds smell like? so funny. I don't know what they smell like. If you're like, is this almonds or is this pecans? I would have no idea. I just... I'm at a loss for words. I just don't know. You crack me up. So... But I don't know that I would know the difference either, but I would be like, it smells like a tree nut. A tree nut. <laughs> well, I'm going to get the almonds and I'm going to smell. Apparently peanuts are not tree nuts. Really? Oh, they grow on the ground? Um, they're actually not like nuts at all. The bean. And so kids that are allergic to tree nuts most of the time can have peanuts. And kids that are allergic to peanuts most of the time can have tree nuts. Because hmm. they're totally different. I didn't know that. Me neither until I started this job. That's very interesting. training on peanuts versus tree nuts. Um, but with the smelling the almonds, apparently only half of the population can smell it, which I don't know. I smell think almonds on cyanide. Yeah. Or just smell Smells, almonds in general. I don't know. It said that only half the population can smell it. So I assume it means cyanide. For cyanide, I think. Yeah, because like, you know, can you smell ants? Ants? Yeah. No. I can smell ants. You can smell them? Yeah. So like apparently half the population can smell ants. Hey. You teach me a lot. I'm teaching you something I'm today. listening to you. I don't know the science behind it, but I just know that a certain portion of the population can smell ants. I just don't even understand what you're smelling. They, I don't know. I think it's a pheromone that they give off. How interesting. Okay. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, no, I like, it's like weird because I can always tell when I have ants. Um, so Dr. Kim got the lab reports back that night around 1 a.m., which they were there a very long time. Uh-huh. Good on them. Very dedicated. Yep. Very dedicated to their job. The report showed that their blood contained 100 or 1,000 times the needed amount to kill a human. They didn't quite know the extent because Chicago is like St. Louis and it's made made up of a bunch of different subsections and like smaller regions. Like when you say Chicago or when you say St. Louis... St. Louis has a huge area, but there's, like, different parts inside St. Louis. I like that's everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's not. Somebody's, like, Troy. <laughs> They're, like, it's just Troy. Instead well, of, I mean, like, like, cities, though. Yeah. You know? Well, this is why, like, they weren't able to connect everything. Oh. Because it was in different. A large geographic area. Yeah. It was in different sections of the city. But if it was, like, if this happened in Troy, everybody would go to Mercy, and then they would be, like, oh, my gosh, like, people are getting poisoned. That makes sense. Yeah. There it was harder because they have, like, a bunch of different hospitals. But after their findings, Johnson & Johnson, who owned Tylenol, which, mom, if you're listening, keeping on the trend because Johnson & Johnson is a family company. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, no. (laughs) Dislike. (laughs) That's really funny, though. Um, I didn't think about that until I didn't know Johnson and Johnson owned Tylenol, but um, yeah. So they got the attorney to the hospital and showed them the proof and said that it needed to be made public. 
though Johnson and Johnson didn't want that to happen, which like, don't get me wrong, nobody wants bad press, but like people are literally dying. Dying. Yeah. Quickly. What is it? People are dying, Kim. <laughs> yeah. Um They did the press conference at 10 a.m. on Thursday morning to let people know in Chicago that they found poison in Tylenol and then it might be a danger to take, but they didn't technically recall it. Oh. Which the heck. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, Nurse Jensen, again, we love her. She called the police department and told them to get it off of the shelves, which they tried to say they couldn't, but Nurse Jensen wouldn't stand for that, and talked to the chief, and the chief was like, okay, like, go ahead and take all the Tylenol off the shelves, because they held a press conference saying it, but since Johnson & Johnson didn't legally recall it, they didn't have to remove it from the shelves. Yeah. Which, what the heck? Like, anyway. Bad on Johnson & Johnson, honestly. Huh? Like, I said bad on Johnson & Johnson, honestly. Like, you shouldn't care more about your profit numbers than your customers. Like, your customers are dying. Right. Yeah. You're going to kill them all, and then you're going to make less money. Yeah. It. But, thankfully, after a few hours, at 3 p.m., they did officially recall Tylenol for that specific lot number. The medical examiner received so many calls from worried residents who had taken Tylenol, which would have been me. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I called the health department before. Have you really? Yeah, I remember... Um, this was when you were on Facebook, but the whole AIDS banana thing where it's like people are injecting bananas with AIDS blood. Do you remember that hoax? No. Well, I found an AIDS blood banana and I bit into it and I was for sure horrified. I threw up on the side of the road. I was eating a banana while driving. They I were, I don't understand. It turns out that. that it was a red fungus. Oh, okay. but people had spread a hoax on Facebook okay. that it was AIDS blood. Okay. I called the health department. I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I go to the emergency room? My parents are out of town. They told me not to have any emergencies while they're gone. <laughs> now I'm dying. So. I can't call them. Yeah. I had to call my aunt, who's my mom's twin that we had on here before, but she's my fake mom <laughs> when my mom's not available. Um, wow. I did not know that happened to you. It was, it was horrifying. I don't eat bananas anymore. Uh, yeah. So the medical examiner was telling people. <laughs> Which, like, good on him. He was like, if you're calling me right now, you're, you didn't take any of the pills. True. <laughs> Which, like, it's sad, but, like. True, I'm, though. Literally, yeah. Um, but he did tell them not to take any more. That Friday, the Chicago Attorney General got federal agents involved because they were not sure if this was a local, a statewide, or a nationwide matter. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, Friday night, around 5 p.m., the body of flight attendant Paula Price was discovered in her apartment by police after her family ordered a wellness check because she was supposed to go to dinner with her sister, but she missed that and she missed her shift at work. Um, police say that the open bottle of Tylenol was still sitting on the bathroom vanity and that she didn't even make it out of the bathroom before collapsing. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't realize how fast that stuff kicked in. Yeah. After many meetings and press conferences on Monday... The Chicago City Council passed an ordinance for all over-the-counter drugs being sold in stores to require a tamper-resistant seal on them, which they previously didn't have. All they had was, like, cotton. By Tuesday, Johnson & Johnson did a nationwide recall on all 31 million Tylenol products. They decided to make sure the public was safe before they really tried to catch who did this, which I think was a good call, but... After they got all that taken care of, the investigation ensued. 
and they had over 1,200 supposed leads and a lot of Heather's favorite, which are random people calling and saying they yeah. did it. My favorite. Jail. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I know that I say that way too much, but, like, it, I stand by what I say. No, like, I agree. This is just, ugh. the case went national, though there were only reports of death in Chicago. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Johnson & Johnson thought possibly a disgruntled employee was responsible for this, but nothing came out of this theory, as the bottles that were tainted came from both Pennsylvania and Texas. Oh, so wouldn't make sense. Right. So it meant that they had been taken off the shelves, poisoned, and then put back on the shelf. On Wednesday, Johnson & Johnson received a letter saying that this person was the one who laced Tylenol and that they wanted a million dollars. They were going to keep killing people. Roger Arnold was considered a suspect, but was investigated and cleared. He went to jail for murdering an innocent man he mistook for someone else and served 15 years of his 30-year sentence before dying in June of 2008. In May of 1988, Lori Dan was considered after poisoning and shooting rampage, but no conviction was found. But the main suspect that the extortion letter was traced back to was a man living in New York named James Lewis. And in December of that year, they caught him. While some still believed he played in a role, judges found that he wasn't responsible and that he just wanted money. Hmm. James Lewis served... 13 years of a 20-year sentence for extortion, and he was released from prison in 1995. He's still alive and lives on the East Coast, and though many still believe that he is the one responsible, new evidence believes that he wrote the letter talking about Tylenol capsules before the deaths were reported, which obviously would mean that he's the one that did it. That he did it, yeah. Yeah, since then, the case has been reopened and is still ongoing. James is now 76, and as far as we know, the only target in the ongoing investigation. Wow. But as of a few months ago, he still denied it, telling reporters from an investigative podcast called Unsealed the Tylenol Murders, which you can check out, he told them, quote, ladies, you ever been harassed for something for 40 years that you had nothing to do with, end quote? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Nobody's had this experience. But we also don't write extortion letters to people for crimes that we want to say we didn't commit. So. Yes, exactly. Um, jail. Unfortunately, a few more lives were at loss because of copycat killers who started poisoning over-the-counter drugs. The 1982 incident inspired the pharmaceutical food and consumer industry to develop temper-resistant packaging, such as induction seals, and improve their quality control methods. Um, tampering with products was made a federal crime. This new law resulted in Stella Nichols' conviction in the Excedrin tampering case, which she was sentenced to 90 years in prison for. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Ad additionally, the incident promoted the pharmaceutical industry to move away from capsules, which were easy to contaminate as a foreign substance could be placed inside without obvious signs of tampering. Within the year, the FDA introduced more stringent regulations to avoid product tampering, and this led to the eventual replacement of capsules with a solid caplet or a tablet. It also, fun fact, dropped trick-or-treating the year that it happened because we all know, obviously, still, like, people are scared that yeah. kids are going to get which, poisoned or get razor yeah. blades or 
marijuana. <laughs> Who even knows at this point what we're worried about? Um, but that year... I'm sure that there are crazy people out there and they do crazy stuff on Halloween. Don't get me wrong. Most of it is family, though. Most of the cases of child poisoning on Halloween came from the family. Did you know that? I didn't even know people got poisoned on Halloween until right now. I yeah, it was just we know fake. what next year is going to be. <laughs> I thought it was fake. <laughs> the well, razor blades should, and stuff? I shouldn't have said that, but... um. Yeah, but the sales for Halloween candy dropped over 20% as a result that year. Yeah. So it has been 40 years. I can see that. Yeah. It has been 40 years since, and these people's families deserve answers. Many victims and loved ones are still haunted by the thought and can't even think about using over-the-counter meds as a result, which... It's spooky. It is. It scares me. And even, like, people are like, okay, well, they have, like, tamper-resistant seals. Um, Is anyone else on Cruise TikTok... Where everyone's taking wine bottles and resealing them and putting vodka in them instead. Um, yes, I do see that. Yeah, I'm like, they can buy that stuff with a blow dryer and, like, reseal things. It freaks me out. That makes sense. I'd yeah. I'd freaked out, too. You just have to make sure that if you buy Tylenol, you don't use it for a few weeks. Just in case. Make sure everybody else gets to use theirs first. Yeah, that is, it's, it's crazy. I have, I did not know about this. Like, I've really? heard of, I've heard of, like... I guess I've heard generally about poisoning and over-the-counter medications or whatever, mm-hmm. but I didn't know, like, specifics about what had happened, but I've never been worried about taking over-the-counter medication before. So well, now I'm going to take my ibuprofen and be like, am I about to die? I don't know. Well, this all happened, like, since we've been alive, they've had tamper, i saying air quotes, you can't see, tamper-resistant medicine, I it's guess. It's not proof, it's resistant. Yeah. It is resistant. Yeah. It's just not proof. I don't know. I, it freaks me out. Did you know, um, when I would take Midol for cramps, I used to have it prescribed by a pharmacist, but now I know it was just, um, my mom telling me that the pharmacist said it was okay to take it. I don't even think she asked the pharmacist. Probably not. She probably didn't. Why would she? I was just scared if I took medication that wasn't prescribed to me that it was going to kill me. You are so funny. And anyway. Your mom was like, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to go to the emergency room for panic attacks and they said they would give me Tylenol, but now I think it was Xanax. Because hmm. why would you give a child that's having, I thought I was dying, but why would you give a child having a panic attack Tylenol? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. So that wraps up our season one. Craziness. Of murder and Misery. Heather, how would you rate the season? Do you think you're... <laughs> I feel like I know so much more. Like, truly. I've had so many real-life situations where someone will bring something up, like my coworkers and stuff like that, and I'll be like, oh, I know about that. Da-da-da-da-da happened. And did you know blah-blah-blah-blah-blah happened? And they're like, how do you know so much about this? And I'm like, I have a true crime podcast. <laughs> Little did you know. And they're like, but you're afraid of true crime. And I'm like, yes, that's correct. <laughs> but I feel like I know so much. Well, I'm happy. And we're learning I still together. know nothing, but I know so much. Well, I've learned so much, too. There's been so many cases we've covered that I've never even heard of. And even the ones that we have covered that I have heard of, I'm always learning new stuff every time. And even stuff's not true crime related at all, like how to pronounce certain words. I'm learning so much through this journey. You have learned a lot of new words. Yeah. You guys don't get to follow along for that journey, but I do. <laughs> but... I can't believe it has been a year. Again, it feels like it's been 10 years and two months all at the same time. All at the same time. It's crazy. 
I'm very excited to, well, <laughs> I'm very excited to hang out with Heather that 99% of the time won't be recording an episode. It will be so nice, guys. Like, we love doing the podcast and we do have fun and we get to chit chat every week, but we really see each other like 99 times out of 100 is for the podcast, mm-hmm. which is fine, but like, I want to just see Jill. Yeah, the yeah. occasional podcast, the occasional blues game. Heather took me to my first blues game. I did last Halloween, week. And we got slaughtered. It was terrible. That game was really bad. It was but really it was bad. still fun. I just love to go. Yeah, it was it was very fun. But yeah, this I feel like this podcast, I mean, honestly, it's just crazy how much our lives have changed through this podcast. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? Huh? What do you mean? Just how many new people we know? Not even how many new people, I mean, we have made new friends through the podcast, but, like, when we started this podcast, like, everything was fine, and then, like, two weeks into the podcast, it was like, your dad's dying. Oh. And then it's like, we're ending the podcast, and, like, he doesn't have cancer anymore, it's, and he, he won't have a gallbladder, (laughs) but, like, it's just, like, crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, it's been a ride, like, it's been miraculous that, um, we've been able to do it for the past year, and so we feel really proud. But we also just need to take a little break. Yeah. And but we want to on... come back. Yeah. We oh, just need a little break. And I know it's really normal for podcasts to take like a month off, but we decided to just take the holiday season off. But yeah, so we appreciate you coming along on this journey with us. Uh, now into the giveaway. We're going to do a giveaway on Facebook and Instagram, and we're going to choose one random person. We'll have the post with like the rules on it. We're just going to do it where you like comment your favorite episode or comment your favorite Yeah, true crime. we just want it to be relaxed. We'll pick one from Instagram, one from Facebook. And then we'll let you pick out one item from our merch store and we'll send it to you for free. You won't get any bonus points, but if you do want to give us a rating, we'll love you forever. We don't know how to. <laughs> like, I know some people do that, but where they're like, uh, leave us a review and you'll be entered. I don't know how to do that. So yeah. if you feel compelled, you can leave us a nice review. And it's going to be 2023 by the next time we're recording. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, bye. Bye. Bye.